Welcome to I Need Some Air. Bending. A last airbender fan cast from someone who's seen the show before. And someone who has not. I'm Landon Ferguson. And I'm Michael Williams. As Zuko prepares to teach Aang firebending, he discovers that his own abilities have significantly diminished. He and Aang travel to the temples of the extinct Sun Warriors to learn about the ancient origin of firebending. Zuko reveals to Aang that his great-grandfather, Sozin, caused the extinction of the dragons, the original firebenders. After discovering the Sun Warrior culture still exists, Zuko and Aang are sent to see the firebending masters, revealed to be the last two last surviving dragons in the world, Ran and Shaw. After the dragons teach them the true nature of fire, Zuko's powers return to normal, and Aang no longer fears nor hates firebending. Dragons, Michael. Dragons! They're back. I didn't think they were gonna do it. I thought, like, the big reveal for dragons was like, oh, they call Iroh Dragon of the East because he turns into a dragon. And that's how he escaped. Dragon of the West. Dragon of the East. Dragon of the West. It doesn't matter. <laughs> do you think anyone remembers which Wicked Witch got smushed? Because I don't. I did until you asked me the question. That's what I thought. <laughs> I actually have a question for you after watching this episode, and it's, did you know the dragons were supposed to be extinct? I can't remember if this information had come through prior to this episode. I feel like I remember hearing once, and I don't remember when, but like Iroh, someone mentioned that like Iroh faced the last dragon. Okay. It was something along those lines where I knew, okay... There's no more dragons, and, like, Iroh had something to do with it. And it must have been, like, a while back. Because mm-hmm. I remember it being mentioned, but I can't remember when or where. That's what I thought. I I just couldn't remember if I was mixing up my future knowledge with the past episodes of watching through this show this time. So, yeah, I think you're right. I think someone did mention that Iroh had something to do with the last of the dragons. I feel like it was Azula. Mm-hmm. I don't know why, but that's what I think. I could see that. And it turns out it wasn't a lie. Iroh did have something to do with The Last of the Dragons. It just wasn't what anyone thought. That's how Iroh got so chill. <laughs> you know, when, you're, when you're around a dragon, you gotta learn how to be chill. Yeah, when if dragons are gonna deem you worthy and teach you the secrets of fire... You can't be a hot man right. when you're around a dragon. Can't be Sifu Hotman. <laughs> That's a good callback, by the way. Props it was. to the episode. Sifu Hotman. I also thought it was funny that, that Sokka came in. And I know he meant to just make fun of Zuko, but he came in and he just went, Hey, jerks. <laughs> like, immediately talking to Aang. I'm like, right. oh, you're still practicing your jerk bending? <laughs> and she's like... She's like, man, Sokka, I get that you don't like Zuko, but do you have to go through Aang so hard? Yeah, they were really laying it on thick with the teasing Zuko this time. I almost thought that we were going to deal with some side plot about him learning that, you know, the teasing is a good thing because they've accepted him to the group, but they didn't quite go that far with it. No, it's not It's not a good thing. It's more like, hey, uh, you, you hunted us, and... <laughs> 
we're not gonna forget that, but we need you at this moment. So like that's kind of the dynamic I got. Yeah, yeah, it's just you're like, right. We we accept you, but begrudgingly, jerk. <laughs> I also like Sokka afterwards. He's like, ah, jerk bending, still got it. Yeah, he was very proud of that, and he didn't need to be. <laughs> I just insulted two of the most powerful characters. Man, I still got it. That is Sokka to a T. He's always like getting involved with much more powerful characters than him. Yeah. And he still comes out on top. So you know what? Sokka, Sokka's earned that confidence. Starting out with this episode, seeing Aang being nervous, I feel like, you know... That was to be expected. It made sense. He hadn't firebent since burning Katara. Didn't really know how this was going to go. And then having Zuko never be a teacher before was kind of coming through him, not really knowing what to do. But then it just all got so much worse when he just couldn't firebend anymore, which I found so relatable. How many times have you tried to like show somebody something like no 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 let me hear this is how you do it and then it just doesn't work it falls apart even though you know you've done it a thousand times and you just embarrass yourself i felt yeah. so bad for suko it's like uh reminds me of like guys are just like dude I, I totally did a backflip the other day like you want me to show you it's like yeah yeah do that backflip and they do it and they just like snap their spine <laughs> <and just> crash <laughs> You're like, oh, oh, God, oh, that was not good. Yeah, I guess that's similar. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I don't know. Like, wait, it's it's a show about firebending. Yeah. There's not much I can relate to. How do you feel about the logic of Zuko having channeling his bending through his rage? That was his drive all this time. And with that being gone and his drive being now to help the Avatar, not having that connection to his bending anymore. I think it fits because it was like earlier this season in the beach episode where he just talked about how angry he was. And you could see like when he admitted how angry he was, like the fire in front of him just like blew up. Mm -hmm. It got bigger. And even uh, when Ira was trying to teach him the lightning move and talking about, it's like you can't just rely on anger and hate. Yeah. You have to do other things, but uh, the let Zuko didn't get the lesson back then, but I think now he did. Mm-hmm. Once, once his, once his hate and like anger was gone, and he couldn't fire him anymore, and he realized that I need more. Like I can't just do anger and hate. I need a I need a purpose that isn't rooted in anger or hate. So I thought it fit. Yeah. We get the really nice comparison stories in this episode of the original benders for all these different styles, like the, like the original airbenders being the sky bisons and how Aang was almost realizing it for the first time or, or just never had put that much thought into it before where it's like, well, I learned from the monks, but now that I think about it, the, they learned from the sky bisons and then the great story we get from Toph about her feeling so alone when she was a kid being blind and stumbling across the badger moles and realizing that they were also blind and put learned from them just how the original earthbenders did 
to create her own earthbending style and use that to see. It's like we knew that, but seeing a little bit of the flashback and her telling the story from a personal account was just really, really cool. Yeah, it was cool. I also like to imagine that after this episode, Ainge kind of thinking, like, Appa, I feel like you're not pulling your weight around here. <laughs> feel like Appa could Appa, do more airbending. Appa, you, you do a lot for us, and we, we're grateful for that, but I feel like there's more that you could be contributing to the team. So we, we are going to review your position within the company, and <laughs> we are going to get back to you within three to four business days. <laughs> We just need to see Appa do a air scooter like Aang invented. And just all six legs on a little air ball just scooting around. I feel like Appa can like, he's got six legs, so he's just pushing air in different directions at all times. So it's just, can you imagine like people trying to crowd around Appa, trying to fight him? Like um, when he got captured in Appa's last, last days, can you imagine if he just like, foo, foo, foo. Like, he's doing the dragon dance, but it's, like, with air, and he's just got, like, his own poses or whatever. The bison dance. The bison dance. The dancing bison. So, yeah, I thought it was a good story. Good little setup for uh, the journey for Aang and Zuko. Mm Mm-hmm. And, I mean, I guess someone could have put two and two together before this episode, but this was the last, like, missing piece on learning the original benders for the for the last element like we knew of the badger moles we knew about the sky bisons and we learned about the moon being the original waterbender and so the only thing we needed to know was where and what was the original firebenders and you know you could have figured out it was dragons but this was like that final piece confirming everything yes it was it's just a really nice lore that they built slowly over time I think so. So then we meet a brand new culture in the Avatar-verse, and it's the Sun Warriors. They live in the Fire Nation, but seem to be completely separate from any governing body related to the Fire Nation or anything, really. They seem to be like this ancient culture, just hidden away from everything. Yeah, I think everyone thinks that they're gone. Because that's what Zuko mentions, like, that other right. wiped out years ago. But I, I guess I was more referring to their, like, their allegiance is just not actually with the Fire Nation. They seem, they seem like they're from a time prior to, like, nation, national borders. It made so much sense to me when they talked about, oh, yeah, Iroh came and visited us. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, that makes so much more sense. Right. Because like, the way that the Sun Warriors view firebending is very different than the fire nation how they Mm -hmm. view it but it's more aligned with how iroh views it the stuff with iroh is so fascinating because being told that iroh killed the last dragon was totally believable if you imagine it happened before he made his you know turn to more of the neutral side of this war because he was a general he was the fire lord's son he was the prince of the fire nation at one point he probably was completely loyal to the fire nation cause and it is believable that he killed the last dragon on some you know ritualistic dragon hunt 
But knowing the Iroh that we know now, when they tell you that, no, he actually lied to protect the last dragons, it's like, of course he did. Yeah. I feel like they could have made it work where Iroh did kill the last dragon, but it was, uh, like, after he was grieving his son, and, like, he killed the, the last dragon, and, like, it's just, like, in his grief and his anger or whatnot, and he realizes, like, what he did. But you're saying then there would also still be no dragons. Yeah, then there would also still be no dragons. Like, uh, okay. If it came out, it's like, oh, there's no dragons. And they just learned it from the Sun Warriors. Right, right. Because Iroh did kill the last dragon, and he was so distraught by what he did like, when he realized that, like, that's what made him turn against the Fire... Like, vaguely against the Fire Nation. Right, yeah. So, like, even if they did that, like, I thought, yeah, that could work for me. I do like this better, though. Right, right. What do you make about the information that Sozin created the dragon hunting ritual? Like, Sozin himself had a dragon. His best friend Roku had a dragon. Like, he, he clearly could see that these animals were tameable and incredibly useful. What do you think caused him to create this dragon hunt? Maybe because the dragons reminded him of Roku. Hmm. I feel like it could be that, or it, it it could just be Sozin that conquered the world, essentially, at that point. Or he was in the process of it. Maybe. And he just needed something else to do. <laughs> I'm so, bored with this war now that isn't finished. Let's do yeah. something else. This, this war is actually like easier than I thought now the Avatars are gone. So I need like another formidable opponent. I guess I'll fight dragons. See, I've always thought it more in line with the dragons wouldn't approve of the war that he was doing, and so the dragons just sort of became a natural enemy to the firebenders. It's like, if if in, it, besides the Avatar, who else would be a formidable opponent to you? And it would probably be the dragons. Yeah. Can you imagine if the dragons started fighting? That'd be so cool. Like, with the resistance group? Pretty much anyone. With like anyone, warriors just came out of nowhere. <laughs> it's like Braveheart; they're just like coming over the hill, just like <laughs> do it for the sun. We war for the sun. <laughs> we mentioned it a little bit before, but what did you think about the dragon dance? I liked it. I guess it means that whenever you go there, you always have to have an, a partner. Yeah, I was wondering about that too. If the the style, I don't think is necessarily meant, or was created with a partner in mind, but maybe they just doubled it up as like added security. That must be it, because it's like um like during the Cold War when the, all the nuclear reactors, whenever, whenever it gets announced, like oh we gotta launch a nuclear missile, like one of the final things you need to do to launch it is like two people need to each have a key and put it in and switch it on at the same time. Mm -hmm. But the, the thing is, like, they're far apart. So it can't be, like, one person with two keys, like, reaching over, launching a nuclear missile. Right. It has to be two separate people at the same time. So I feel like that could be a comparison that works because it, it is what the secret of the firebending, like, the original nature. So it's yep. not like something you would want to easily get out there. You just get like one, just one guy in there. He's just like in his own head, listening to music. He just happens to be dancing, and now he's got the secret to firebending. 
Well, what exactly did it open when they did that? Was that what revealed the egg, or was the egg one more room in? I think that's what revealed the egg. Okay. Because it started filling up with goo. Right, when they, as soon as he took it. And then they got pushed up to the top. I liked uh, Aang's move to, like, throw air at Zuko, and Zuko just flips. Just rolls over. Thankfully, like, his, he's facing up. Right, with the air. exactly. That trap was incredibly advanced, by the way. It was. I have no idea what that goo was. No. It was like flubber. It was like, I don't know. It was like expanding foam slash cement or something that was really sticky. Ever-expanding cement. You know, the Sun Warriors are uh, technologically more advanced than anyone. They have iPhones. (laughs) They're solar-powered. They have a stock exchange. (laughs) And then we get some pretty cool information on the Sun Warriors' eternal flame. That the dragons gave it to them thousands of years ago, and they've kept it going all this time. And my first thought was, it's like, okay, but how? Are you just constantly bending it so that it's always there or are you feeding it fuel constantly like what what is this flame what's it burning and how is it staying there it's it's answers we'll never ever get but that's immediately where my head went like what how is this flame still here and i i'm gonna guess that there's someone's job to just stay there and fire bend it constantly change shifts yeah i feel like it's just part of being a dragon it's just you that's what you can do and i'm sure they have a special ability it's like oh, i i breathe like regular fire but i could also breathe like wildfire or greek fire it kind of reminds me of um like greek fire it was I, it was an old thing in history where it's, it was some sort of contraption some sort of incendiary device where like it'd be like some liquid and the second you set off fire it would burn so hot and it would it wouldn't die down for a long time. That's what I that's what I remember. So you're you're thinking it's just the dragon's fire is special. I think so. It could be like they channeled their chi into the fire. Hmm. Or something like that. Mm-hmm. It's it's either that or like they just go and light it every day and they just lie to the tourist. <laughs> yeah, no, I bet that's it. Head Sun Warrior, Elder Sun Warrior, it's just like, oh, guys, we have visitors. Like, what? Like, we haven't had visitors in, like, 50 years. It's like, light the fire. Light light it now. (laughs) I'll do the whole speech about it being, like, eternal or whatever. (laughs) That's probably exactly what it is. I like the idea of, like, all the Sun Warriors, like, laying around their couch. It's just like, Mm -hmm. they just hear, like, a bell or a whistle. It's like, oh, oh, God, Uh, uh, everyone, get ready. Go, go, go. Okay, all right. Hello, we are the Sun Warriors. (laughs) Now, I want to talk about the walk that Zuko and Aang had to do with the fire. It must have been, like, one of those paths that's purposefully difficult because they carried the fire up through, like, the side of a mountain. And when they got there, the Sun Warriors were already there waiting for them. So I was like, okay, the Sun Warriors have, like, stairs somewhere. They have escalators. Yeah, they have escalators, right. That's right. They control them with an app off their iPhones that they have. They can fly. <laughs> but besides that, watching them take the journey, I noticed a couple of things that I thought were really interesting. First of all, Aang being really, really timid with his flame. 
he his was very very small. He was worried about it going out, and he was walking slower than Zuko because he was afraid to make it too big. He might lose control of it. But if he walked too fast and him being timid about it, it would go out, which perfectly capsulated where Aang was at with firebending. It's like he is capable of doing it. We've seen it before in the episode with Zhang Zhang. He's holding this flame steady enough. It's like he can do it. He's just really scared of it. And then with Zuko, he was very confidently holding his flame with one hand just out in the open keeping it neutral and climbing up the mountain and, you know, telling Aang he needs to hurry up. And it that showed me that it's like Zuko does still have his confidence to do this. He just needs to understand his new motivation. And I really liked just that little bit of scenes we got, we get with them climbing up this mountain showed where they were at more, I think, than there, any of this episode did. Yeah, I agree. Pretty much established where both of them were in their journey with firebending at that point. And then Aang lets his go out, which also perfectly encapsulates Aang. Yeah. And then Aang trying to steal Zuko's. (laughs) Give it. Give it here. It's like, no, get your own. Go ask them for some. Stop cheating off me. I love Zuko's first response. Just go get more. (laughs) Go down a mountain. (laughs) And neither of them had fire. When the when the dragons appeared, they were dead men. But thankfully, they learned this little hippity hoppity dancing too, mm-hmm. and they did that. And uh, the dragons, uh, Ron and Shao, were just like, "All right, these two are cool. All right, okay." The scenes of them doing the dragon dance um, technique with the dragons mimicking the technique behind them, was some of the most beautiful shots of this entire show, I think. It was just a spectacle. I loved it. It's one of the reasons I remember this episode so fondly. Yeah. I also really liked uh, Zuko and Aang just like looking at the dragons for like maybe like 30 seconds, and then Aang just went, Zuko, I think they want us to dance. Right. And Zuko's just like, what? And it's like, follow my lead. <laughs> yeah, I think Aang, you know, the, it may not come through in the animation of them swirling around, but I think Aang recognized the dance in the dragon's motions. And then when they're deemed worthy and the dragons show them the secrets of fire with this swirl of all the different colors, it was just the perfect finale to this scene. And having Zuko and Aang understand at the exact same time what firebending really is and then the lesson being spoken aloud by the chief of the sun warrior saying that fire is is life it's not destruction or you know pain it's it's life it's a living thing and i even love the line when ang got the fire from them the first time and he said it's like a little heartbeat it's just it makes you the audience also realize the beauty of fire yeah, it really does highlight the historical significance of fire, mm-hmm. not only in Avatar's world, but like in our world. Mm-hmm. Because like when we learned how to master fire, like that was a big, that's a, that's a big lightning bolt moment in history. Mm-hmm. When we learned, not when we discovered fire, because like fire happens naturally, but when we learned how to 
control it and use it ourselves. But that's a big moment. And then we see Aang firebends. Like, fully confident after Zuko, he fires a strike. Aang follows up and does the exact same thing. And now Aang is at the point where he's ready to be a firebender. Yep, we got two firebenders now. Zuko got his mojo back. And then Aang, he got over his fear. Mm -hmm. I hope we get to see a little bit of Aang's training now. I hope this doesn't sort of skip over it. Because I remember what some of the next episodes are about. I can't really remember much training scenes with them. So I'm hoping we get to see a little bit of that going forward. Yeah, I would like to see a little bit of that. I feel like they're not going to do it, though. Really? It'll be... It just looks like there's so few episodes left. Mm-hmm. And I, I just don't know. Yeah. I, 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 would, I, I would like to see it, but I, I feel like they're running out of time. I feel like we have to get at least one scene even if it gets like it's just a short like the episode opens and they're training together and then Sokka runs in with some information that interrupts them or something at least we would know it's like okay they're still working on it so well I don't know I I just can't remember so I'm interested to see but of course we get the best line in this episode before they head back to camp and it's that now that they've learned the secret of fire they can't leave and the sun warriors have to lock them in prison forever and it's just the looks on their faces, like, what? And he was so serious when he said it. Nah, just kidding. It was just so funny. Yeah, it was pretty funny. I also like the idea that um, they, the Sun Warriors knew that Aang and Zuko were trapped. Because they have, like, sensors that let them know when the booby trap goes off. But they just kind of let them sit there. <laughs> ah, ah, you guys are here. Oh, pleasure to meet you. Didn't know you were there. all right so i guess that leaves us to our world development and that's pretty much this entire episode learning the backstory of the firebenders where it all came from and seeing this subculture within the fire nation that's just sort of stays hidden and i don't know does their group grow much do they recruit people like it just I I would like to see more of this culture in the future lore of Avatar, but, you know, that remains to be seen, I guess. Yeah. I hope the Sun Warriors make a return. Mm-hmm. They come flying in on their jets and yeah. helicopters. And then, as far as our plot development, I feel like the show is moving at a really good pace right now with adding Zuko to the group and getting on with the training and them having to sort of reassess where their firebending motives come from. And now onward, we'll see more of them trying to regroup to get ready to face the fire Lord. Like it's, we're moving along and there's, there's like you said, there's not a lot of time left. So I feel like we're going to see everything start to culminate now. And it's 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 going to get really good from here on out. Well, I hope so. All right. Well, I guess that's going to do it for us this episode. If you enjoyed this episode or any of our past episodes, please leave us a review on iTunes or Spotify. Tell a friend. Subscribe if you're so inclined. And thank you so much for listening.
If you'd like to join in on our conversations, you can email us at avatarfancast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear your thoughts on past episodes of Avatar and episodes to come. All right, Michael. Tell us what our next episode is about. Our next episode is Season 3, Episode 13, The Boiling Rock. Sokka and Zuko hope to break out the captured invasion force from prison, but have to rethink their escape plan after things go wrong. Okay, so it looks like we're going to get return of the characters from the invasion. Mm-hmm. So a little wrap-up on that, so that's good. Yeah, not leaving them hanging long at all, it seems. No, not really at all. And looks like Sokka and Zuko are going to be spending some time together. So that could be, that's going to be interesting. Yeah, it, it, to see the group sort of split off on these uh, one-offs with Zuko now, it's a good way to get his adjustment period into the group, I think. Yeah, a good way to transition him into the group, into the group dynamic. Yeah. All right, well, I'm looking forward to it. I am too. Join us next time for our discussion of The Boiling Rock. Cheating off me! Quit being stingy!